Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the world. Welcome to the Dick Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. I am very excited to share with you the content that I have outlined in this particular episode. And it is inspired by someone who just asked me, they said, Cliff, can you tell me the top 10 books that you were referencing in your most recent episode of The Audio Journal? Now, for those of you that don't know this, I have a podcast that I produce at least once a week currently over at mindsetanswerman.com slash audio journal. I know some of you who are subscribed to the Cliff Ravenscraft show, you're thinking, where on earth is Cliff? Uh, This podcast, for many, many years, was absolutely a weekly podcast where I was committed once a week, every week, I would have a podcast episode here. You may have heard back in the beginning of this year, I mentioned that I am no longer committed to that schedule for the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, or am I committed to any kind of content outside of the audio journal? And I'll explain that here in just a second. By the way, before before I go into this little side tangent about, mm, no, actually, I'm going to put it off. I'll tell you what, if you're interested in finding out my thoughts on content production, I'm going to put a note here to publish this at, or to include this at the end. So mention about inspired only content because I've already talked about it and I want to get straight into the heart of this episode. And then if you're interested in find out uh, how frequently you may or may not receive episodes of this podcast, then stick around to the end of this episode. Let me go ahead and just get straight into the heart of this topic. I was recording an episode of the Audio Journal and I talked recently about the fact that I'm re-listening to the audiobook from T. Harv Ecker titled Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And I basically was just saying, oh man, it's been so long since I've read this book. It was one of the first personal and professional development books that had such a profound impact in my life. I believe it was 2012 when I read it on my Kindle device at the time. And I just Going back, and I have not read this book in completion since that time. And as I'm going through and listening to the audiobook version this time, I am realizing just how much what I read in this book has profoundly transformed my mindset about money, about wealth. And the things that I remember, that, that I'm reading, that, or listen, at least listen to in the audiobook, the things that I'm hearing in the audiobook this time, I remember reading them back in 2012, struggling with my thoughts and feelings and emotions as it relates to what I was reading back then. I remember having a lot of resistance to what was being stated, what was being said. And today... 
I would say I would say that I struggled to accept about 70 or 80% of what was on the page. Not that I didn't believe it was true, but it, it's just I had a struggle really wrapping my mind around these concepts. Uh, it, looking back, it seems crazy that the, they were new concepts to me, but they were. Today, however, going through, I'd, I'd say I've mastered at least at least 40 or 50 percent and I am on an increasing journey towards mastering a majority of the rest of it there's still a lot that I haven't dealt dove into as far as the insights of that book but man what a gold mine of amazing content so in the audio journal I was just sharing some of the wealth principles I hadn't heard from heard of in a long time and then I, it got me to thinking, he said, I said, you know what, this is a book that I'm thrilled to be going through again, and this is a book that I'm shocked that this is only the second time I, I will have made it through the entire book, and I'll talk about how I made it through part one of the book a second time uh, just a few years ago. That'll come up in, in a later portion of this episode. But I, I said, you know, this is what I love. There are books that I have read that have been so impactful, so influential, and they're filled with so much valuable insight that just reading the book once and going on, and it, that just doesn't do it for me. I want to go back in and I want to relive these insights. I want to, I want to invest more time contemplating filtering out my prior existence in life, all of my prior experiences, my prior thoughts, the words that I've spoken in prior podcast episodes, the words I've spoken out loud to people in coaching conversations. And for those that don't know this, back when I used to be an associate pastor, I I think back about and filter all the sermons that I used to preach many, many years ago. And I reevaluate what I believed back then versus what I believe today as a result of these books. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this explains so much. There's so much insight here, so much transformation that could happen. And I talked about the fact that, you know, I have friends that are just avid readers and I'm I'm inspired by these friends and I have no judgment against them. But one of the things that some of my friends, I have at least three friends that do things like, I'm going to read 52 books this year. I can think of three friends right now who actually are committed to reading a minimum of 52 books in 2020 and they'll do it. And I think that's awesome. I, however, have never had a desire to read 52 books in a year. In fact, I I wonder if I've ever actually read 52 books. And I would say I'm pretty close to that. And maybe if I had to think in doing some research for this episode, I might even be over 100 books, which still is not a lot of books, except for the fact that I think there's this statistic you hear quoted all the time, the number of, uh, the average person never reads more than two books, two books from front cover to back cover after graduation of college or something like that. I, I don't know what that statistic is. You've heard it before, because if you're listening to this, you you are exposed to, to this kind of commentary and this kind of uh, information. So 
And if you if you don't know that, just go look up statistics on number of books read after college. Google it. I'm sure you'll find something out there about it. But here's what I will tell you. In the audio journal, after I was talking about uh, the, uh, the my, my updated and expanded thoughts and feelings about the book, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker, I shared, you know, I have... I don't know if I actually said this, but I've I've been feeling a little overwhelmed lately by the amount of books that are on my list that I want to read. So I have purchased a ton of Kindle books that I still haven't read. I have purchased, I have actually purchased a number of Audible audiobooks that I have not yet read or, and then I'm, I think there are like five or six audiobooks in Audible that I'm at some percentage of the way through, whether it's 5%, 15%, 55%, it doesn't matter. There, there's a there's a number of books that I've started. In fact, a, the previous episode of this podcast, I talked about The Memory Palace coming out of the Moonwalking with Einstein book. Still haven't finished that book. So, and I don't know that I ever will. And that's okay. It, it's definitely not okay. As long as I'm getting something valuable out of a book, that means a lot to me. I, I don't need a badge of honor that says I've, I've, I've got my badge of completion that says I've read th- this many books or anything of that nature. Uh, the question is, is what am I doing with what I read? What, a, what am I doing with what I learn? I'd rather read the first chapter of a book and spend months of my life applying a principle or an insight and and having it transform my life than to to check off some kind of book list that says I yep I've read that book moving on so uh, here's what I shared I shared in the audio journal I said there's probably 10 books that if I only read those 10 books for the rest of my life, if I refused, and I, and I have no desire to refuse to read other books, I already, I have an annual Audible subscription. So I pay for 12 credits at a time. And not only do I pay for 12, you know what, now that I think about it, 100, I, it's probably a bit closer to like two or 300 books that I've read. I, I I think I give myself a hard time. I've read all. Oh wait a second. Okay, when with fiction books included, such as Twilight, The Hunger Games, um, <clears throat> what are the other books? The Harry Potter book. Okay, I'm probably well over three hundred books, but that's not a big deal. The big deal though is if I never read another book in my life. There and if I was if I had to choose ten books, and I was only able to read those ten books for the rest of my life, I would be able to experience exponential growth and success in every single area of my life, with the exception of one, and that is the financial investing side. So I do need to add some financial investing books in there, but. With that being said, or I guess you could say I could I could actually master the skill of investing without reading 
books, I but I, I let's put it this way. I'm eventually going to get around to reading some great investing books. But more than anything, I will probably build some powerful relationships with people who have mastered the skill of all sorts of and different types of investing and and do just-in-time learning there. Let me say what I said in the audio journal though. If I if I could if I were limited to only reading 10 books that I have read previously, I would be set for the rest of my life because there is so much within those 10 books that I, I if I, there's no time, there's no way I could ever apply every single principle that's there. It's like there's so much gold within the covers of these books that it would be plenty for me to chew on for even if I lived to 150 years old, I would still never exhaust the wealth of insight that are in those 10 books. Now, at the time that I said that, I did not have an idea of what those 10 books were, but I knew that there would be 10 books. So somebody in my community, uh, Curtis, says, Cliff, what are those 10 books that you would actually uh, read over and over and over again? And I said, hey, that's a great question. I think I might create a podcast episode about that. So here today, what I want to do is I want to share with you what I would read if I were over and over and over again, if I were limited to only reading the same 10 books for the rest of my life. Now, before I share this list of books with you, first, I want to share with you a quote that I also shared in that audio journal episode, and it's this. I do not have to have a complicated idea to make a difference in my life. What I need are ideas that I remember and consistently apply to my life. So this is if, if you want to know why I've never committed to reading 52 books in a single year or one book a month every month, it's because I do not need an ongoing consistent flow of new ideas to make a difference in my life. In fact, I've already been exposed within the 10 books that I'm going to list in this episode. I've been exposed to enough ideas that are simple, not complicated, that are simple ideas that if I were to simply go back and and remind myself of these insights and consistently apply these things to my life, I would always, even for 50 more years, uh, 75 more years, however long I'm blessed to walk this earth, you know, I'm not guaranteed one more, but what I can tell you is that no matter how long I live, there's enough insights here, enough non-complicated, simple ideas that would exponentially improve every area of my life every single year. You know, many people ask me, Cliff, hey, how's it going? And I often will respond, I've never been better and it gets better every minute of my life. And a couple of my friends consistently challenge me, oh, come on, Cliff, you're just saying that, blah, blah, blah. No, it's true. My life is consistently better every single day, not based upon external circumstances, uh, the coronavirus and sickness and illness, financial troubles up, uh, down, doesn't matter. None of those things can hinder my ability to experience peace, love, joy, satisfaction, hope, all of these things in the greatest quantity. And so much of that is a result of 
of how I've been impacted by these ideas, these strategies, these oh, insights from the various books that I've read over the years. And so what I want to do is I want to share that with you. So that was number one is I don't need to have a complicated idea to make a difference in my life. What I need are ideas that I remember consistently and apply to my life. You know, Tony Robbins says that repetition is the mother of skill. And so repeating these and and rereading these materials, I'm going to focus more intentionally on these 10 books or audio programs, because I'm going to get to that in just a moment, I'm going I'm to be committed to mastering as much as I can of these 10 resources without excluding the ability to jump into a lot of new books. I mean, if I read another, if I read another three, four, or 500 books, or even just a chapter out of three or 400 more books over the next 30 or 40 years, that's fine. It doesn't matter to me. But what I will tell you is I'm going to do as much as I can to master these books. And I'm also going to say something crazy here. The Bible is not on this list. Now, that's not intentional. It's just that that it's it's one that is, for me, it's some sort of an assumption. And it also is for me one book that unfortunately I used to have some really crazy conditioned programmed beliefs about how much of it I should be memorizing. And and back in my old days when I was studying for ministry, I spent more than a decade of my life as an associate pastor. And so back then there were all kinds of requirements about studying and also reading a certain number of of the portions of the Bible per day, every day, and and also I had to memorize at least a certain number of things during some of my uh, testing for getting my minister's license back in, it, anyway, I, I came to the point where Psalm 119, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. It's like, listen, it's like, I'm more about hiding what I've learned, and, and okay, maybe I'll put the Bible on there. All right, so let's give let's put the Bible on there as book number eleven. Let me just move on because I don't want to go into this. That's not why I want to hear. But I want to tell you about the ten self helps personal professional development books, and and actually we're going to say the eleven because the Bible fits that category for me as well. All right, the second thing, believe it or not, that was all the first point that I wanted to make. The first point was that I don't have to have a complicated idea to make a difference in my life. What I need are just simple ideas that I remember to consistently apply. The second note that I want to tell you about, and if you're not familiar with this is the Kindle highlights feature, the Kindle Amazon's notes and highlights feature. If you have Kindle books that you've been reading over the years and you've gone through and highlighted certain books, all of those highlights, you should be able to go to read.amazon.com slash notebook, read.amazon.com slash notebook. And if you log into your Amazon account, you should be able to see Based, you can click on any of your books that have highlights, and then you'll see a list of all your highlights in there. It, it's a pretty cool feature. If you're not familiar with that, you're welcome. I'm glad to share that with you. All right, now I'm going to go to the meat of this episode, and I want to tell you what are the books. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you, I, I'm going to, okay, let me just go ahead and put the Bible number one here. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you the 11 books 
that are on here, and I, and I see that one of them is going to compete, or two books are going to compete for one of these spaces, but I'll explain that when I get there. So let me go ahead and list the books, and then I'm going to share with you just some of the insights that are contained, contained in a couple of these, all right? Let's say number one is The Bible. The next one would be Creating Lasting Change by Tony Robbins, which is an uh, which is an audio program. It is not available in book form, but it is an incredible 10-day audio program that I've gone through countless number of times. I've lost the count of how many times I've been through Creating Lasting Change, and even if I guessed it how many times it was it, on the lowest number, it would be super insane for you to can contemplate. It's like there's no way he's done that, and the answer is yes, I have. Personal Power 2 is the next on my list. It's also a Tony Robbins audio program. It is a 31-day program, although he, in the counting of 31 days, includes the weekend, so take off eight days, 31 minus eight, that's how many actually days worth of content there are in it. I've listened to that one the same number of times as I have creating lasting change. Unleash the Power Within, an audio condensed version of some recordings from one of his old live events called Unleash the Power Within. Been through that almost as many times as Creating Lasting Change, Personal Power 2. Unleash the Power Within is a Tony Robbins conference, and the program that I have is an, is an I think it's like a 7 or a 10-day, I think it's a 10-day audio program called Unleash the Power Within. It's a very classic recording. It's real old recordings of Tony Robbins. So those three materials, Creating Lasting Change, Personal Power 2, Unleash the Power Within, all of those are audio programs available for purchase over on Tony Robbins' website. Uh, and again, none of them are available in book form. Although much of what is being talked about in those programs are probably in some of his actual books called Awaken the Giant Within and, and some of the other books that Tony's written over the years. I've never read those books, but I've listened to those audio programs over and over again. All right, the rest of these are books, and again, I'm going through and just giving you the titles first, but then I'm going to come in and I'm going to share with you some insights. All right, uh, let's see here. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, The Prosperous Coach by Steve Chandler and Rich Litvin, Psycho-Cybernetics, the updated and expanded version, uh, originally written by, and the well, it's written by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, all right? Uh, essentialism or the one thing. Now I can't remember which of these two books are the is is the one that I would go over and over again. They are essentially the same kind of insight, but one of them I know had a more profound impact on me than the other. It's just been so long ago I can't remember which one it is. Uh, or maybe they they kind of need to be considered to go together because at least they did in my mind back then because I read them back to back pretty much. Essentialism is by Greg McCowan. The One Thing is by Gary Keller and Jay Papazon. All right, the next one is The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. You can get this, by the way, in uh, ebook format. It's probably for free or for 99 cents or any number of other places. People have put it into a transcript format. But The Strangest Secret was originally an audio recording by Earl Nightingale. All right, Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. 
How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, Younger Next Year by Chris Crowley and Henry S. Lodge, MD. All right, so those are the books that uh, I have uh, deemed to be worthy of mastery, all right? Now, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start by focusing in on some insights that I got from Creating Lasting Change. I am not going to teach these principles, but what I will tell you is everything I'm about ready to read to you, I have mastered in my life, or at least I'm in the process of absolute mastery in my life. Not so much as, or not only have I done that, but I've been applying it to my life, seeing profound, radical impacts in my life as a result of mastering the understanding of these insights, and one of the reasons why I'm able to generate the amount of income that I do today through the type of coaching that I do and through leading the mastermind groups that I do, it's because of my commitment to the mastery of these insights. So, and by the way, everything I'm about ready to share with you comes from creating lasting change, And this isn't even scratching the surface, but these are from my notes on creating lasting chains. Number one, Tony says that uh, it is not our conditions that shape our life, it's our decisions. So it's not so much what's going on around me, it's what I'm going to decide and to do as a result of what's going on around me. That's what's gonna shape my life, all right? He also said that it is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. That's memorized off the top of my head. That's not even in my notes. All right, he says, here's another insight. The path to creating lasting change is to identify the patterns that have stopped us from experiencing the life of our dreams. These are our pattern of thoughts and emotions or our beliefs, patterns of behavior, patterns of language, and patterns of physiology. Now, if you want to say it a different way, it's how we've been hypnotized. It's how we've been working in, um, what do you call that, hypnotized, when you just, you're going on autopilot. Your life is being, you're not even consciously aware of why you're doing what you're doing. Your beliefs are leading you. Uh, You're not even concerned, you just have a, at this point, your behavior it, you're no different than Pavlov's dog. The language that you use, it's it's habitual. You've you've been using the same language over and over again, and it's destroying your life or creating a life of greatness. Your language, your physiology, how you carry your body has a massive impact on the type of life that you lead. Seriously, whether or not you sit up straight or slouch over, it has a tr- it has a, a powerful impact on your life one way or the other. And you know how you carry your facial muscles. Again, I'm not going to go into too much detail on this, but man, is there so much in all of that. All right, here's the next one. Next insight. We don't have or we don't have a motivation problem. We have plenty of motivation. The problem is that we are motivated to do the things we don't want to do. See, nobody here Nobody that I've ever worked with and and myself, I've never suffered from a lack of motivation. It's just I didn't understand how motivation works. And when I understood the motivating forces of pain and pleasure and my neuro associations, wow, that changed my life. And I'm able to use those insights not only uh, in my own life, but I use those insights in the lives of my clients as well. It's awesome. He said there are three filters that affect our behavior. It's our human needs, our beliefs, 
and our emotions. I have actually understood, I've got great mastery and I could actually teach Tony Robbins six human needs lessons over and over again. I could do it off the top of my head. I don't need any notes to talk about certainty, uncertainty slash variety, connection slash love, significance, contribution, and growth. I th- th- Those I could talk about, I, I could talk about class one behaviors, class two behaviors, class three behaviors, class four behaviors, and how any behavior, thought, or emotion that meets three or more of your needs at the highest level, they will actually, that's actually called an addiction. I can, I mean, it's like, this stuff is just off the top of my head. And it's like, oh my gosh, how did I not know these things years ago? But now that I know them, there's so much clarity in life. There's so much clarity about how you succeed in any and every circumstance in life. All right. He talked about three vital decisions that you're making every moment of your life. The decision number one, what are you focused on? He's and they're just like sub insights. Whatever you whatever we will feel whatever we focus on. Where focus goes, energy flows. People develop patterns of what they're focused on. Some people will always focus on the past, for example. Some people always focus on the future, or some people always focus on themselves. So yeah, and he said he says you can't get depressed when you're focused on helping others. That's something that's something that he threw out there, and it's one of those things when you hear it, it's like is that true? If I'm focused on help, is it possible for me to be depressed and being focused on helping others? It, it, let me ask you this: If are you currently depressed? Do me a favor, try that out, test this one, go and focus on helping others for the next three to five days and see and, and and remain focused only on helping others and tell me if you can stay depressed in that state uh, the problem is is it's been a long time since I've been depressed so I I haven't been able to put that to practice but um, there are other things that he talked about such as experiencing gratefulness and that's not in my notes here but I whenever I have slipped into a depressive chain of thinking and and feeling, I, I've been able to bounce out of it pretty quickly, not by focusing on helping others, by, but by actually using a different strategy, which is going to a journaling um, strategy of, of taking an account of uh, things that I'm incredibly grateful for or thankful for. So it's, it's, he also states that it's impossible to be, to have your heart overwhelmed with gratitude and experience depression at the same time. So, and I have found that to be true. I haven't been able to remain in a depressed state by once I've shifted to gratitude. Um, he says, if you focus on yourself constantly, you will find yourself getting depressed. Uh, if you focus on difficult times in the past, you'll begin to feel the feelings of those difficult times. Uh, focus equals reality to the individual. If you focus on something and assign a meaning that is not real, you still you will still feel it as if it were real. So those are all decision number one. What are you focused on? Decision number two, you're actually asking, you're, you're making this decision every day. What does what does it mean? Whatever I'm focused on, what meaning am I associating? He says, if you if someone is yelling at you, telling you what you should do, you make a decision about what that means. Are they mad at you? Are they having a bad day in general? You know, you're going to come up with some sort of meaning if somebody's yelling at you or telling you what to do. All right. Uh, feelings are the fuel of life, he says. Human emotion is a basis. 
Human emotion is the basis of a quality or a painful life. So our human emotions are going to fuel our behaviors and our actions. Is God punishing you or is God challenging you? You have the decision of what meaning you're going to associate to what you're experiencing right now. What meaning we give will drive our behavior. Again, that's pretty much the same thing as before. Uh, Man's Search for Meaning is a note in here that I took. Uh, Viktor Frankl, we get to choose what something means. So again, uh, he talks about these three vital decisions, and I will tell you I intentionally, consciously, whenever I'm faced with a difficult challenge, I'm asking myself, number one, what am I focused on right now? I'm focused on this problem. Number two, what meaning am I intentionally choosing to associate to what I'm focused on. And then decision number three is simply, what action or actions am I going to take as a result of what I'm focused on and the meaning that I have assigned? All right. There. By the way, that I could go on and on. For, I could go on for hours. In fact, Free the Dream Conference, there is, when, when I did the Free the Dream Conference in 2018, 2019, and eventually I'll get around to doing some more Free the Dream stuff in the future uh, once all this COVID stuff is is behind us. But what I will tell you is that the Free the Dream conference, my six messages that I gave there, two, three, four, and five. So four, no, three, three, three or four, actually no, four of the talks that I gave came straight from things, insights that I learned from Uh, Creating Lasting Change by Tony Robbins. All right, now, Personal Power 2 and Unleash the Power Within. I was doing some research before this episode, and ironically, I have no notes on either one of those. I've listened to them countless number of times, but each time I've listened to them, I've been in a place where I'm either at the gym working out, I'm on my bike riding, I'm out for a walk, or doing something else. I've not done, I, I have not sat down and actually taken any notes on personal power to or unleash the power within. But I can tell you this, you could pull up any of the sessions from personal power to unleash the power within or creating lasting change and tell me the topic of that particular session and I could teach you every single thing in there. I might even be able to quote most of it word for word that's how many times I've gone through them. And I will tell you the insights that I have, I, actually my affirmation file, those, those insights that I just shared just briefly from Creating Lasting Change, that came from my notes on Creating Lasting Change day one. <laughs> Just day one. That's not. There are nine more days of where that came. Uh, nine more days worth of stuff where that came from. So my affirmation pot file is. If you printed it out, I think it's maybe twelve pages. Most of those came from personal power to or unleash the power within or creating lasting change. And what I was doing is, I might pause what I'm doing and I type a note to myself and say, "Add this to my affirmation file." So. Anyway, it's it's exciting stuff there. Um, so many insights. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump into Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I just went through my Kindle highlights here. As I mentioned earlier, you can go to that special link and, and see some of your highlights. And I'm just going to read to you some insights. This is, this is not even, this isn't even 5% of the insights. This is just a barely scratching the surface. And I randomly selected these. So here's some things from Think and Grow Rich. He says, 
Somewhere, as you, and this is in the introduction, somewhere as you read this book, the secret to which I refer to will jump out from the page and stand boldly before you. If you are ready for it, when it appears, you will recognize it. Whether you re- receive the sign and receive the sign in the first or the last chapter, stop for a moment when it presents itself to you and raise your glass and toast to your epiphany. Now, in the introduction, he says, listen, there's one secret to success. I mean, it, it can all be summed up in one th- statement. And I'm not going to expressly tell you what it is, but it's included in every single section of this book. In every story of every success, I will tell you, there is one common principle that everyone used. Now, <laughs> that's the entire book of Think and Grow Rich. It's, it's, it's in there. But what I will tell you is I'm, I won't spell it out or explain it to you word for word, but I will read a couple statements here. And the secret is actually expressed several times in some of the other insights I'm going to read in from Think and Grow Rich. But here's one of those hints. What a different story people would have to tell if only they would adopt a definite purpose and stand by that purpose until it had time to become an all-consuming passion. What a different story people would have to tell about their lives if they would only adopt a definite purpose and stand by that purpose until it had time to become an all-consuming obsession. He says there is one quality that one must possess to win, and that is definiteness of purpose and the knowledge of what one wants and a burning desire to possess it. All right, another insight. One of the most common causes of failure is the habit of quitting when one is overtaken by temporary defeat. Another insight, success comes to those who become success conscious. Failure comes to those who indifferently allow themselves to become failure conscious. In fact, he says that our brains become magnetized with the dominating thoughts that we hold in our minds. There's the entire story about how Steven Spielberg broke into Universal Studios, uh, that he basically took a tour on Universal Studi- at Universal Studios, and the attraction there stopped, and he got off, and at, he waited and hid on, the lot, on this lot, uh, this movie lot, all day long. And then at the end of the day, he, before sneaking out, he, or not sneaking out, he would actually go and make conversation with the guard at the gate, and he began to develop a relationship with that person. Then he started showing up there every day. Now, Napoleon Hill did not tell the story of Steven Spielberg, but what I will tell you is the version of Think and Grow Rich that I have is an updated version that basically has all of the teachings that Napoleon Hill taught, all of his original wordings there, but the stories have been updated for with success stories of more modern day people that we would know and hear about. So uh, if you get this updated version of Think and Grow Rich and you hear the story about how Steven Spielberg got his start in Hollywood, you'll understand why that is important if you understand all the other insights and, and techniques and strategies for success that Napoleon Hill talks about. Uh, he, let's see here. The next one is, If you do not see great riches in your imagination, you will never see them in your bank balance. 
And of course, that is the importance and your need to be able to dream about what you want, to be able to actually know and just to visualize, to see, hmm, yeah, I, I definitely could see myself. What would life be like if I could do this? What would life be like? What, man, let me just imagine what it might feel like if I only had to do this, if I could get by and I could generate this amount of money but only did these things. Wow, let me think about that. I, is that possible? What, and, and if it were possible, what would, what would, how would I live my life differently if that were the case? You, you see, it's, it's, Yeah, oh, I could go on. Anyway, here's another insight. Reflect on your past successes. Every success, be it large or small, is proof that you are capable of achieving more success. Celebrate each success. You can recall it when you begin to lose faith in yourself. Another insight, respond positively to life. Develop a positive self-image. Your image, your reactions to life, and your decisions are completely within your control. Another insight, our only limitations are those we set up in our own minds. Another insight, desire backed by faith knows no such word as impossible. Here's another one, every adversity brings with it the seed of an equivalent advantage. The subconscious mind will translate into reality a thought driven by fear just as readily as it will translate into reality a thought driven by courage or faith. (laughs) Think about that. Just any of these. I'll give you just a couple more. Uh, Let's see here. Kill the habit of worry in all its forms by reaching a general blanket decision that nothing life has to offer is worth the price of worry. With this decision will come poise, peace of mind, and calmness of thought that will bring happiness. And one more. You either control your mind or it controls you. There is no halfway compromise. The most practical of all methods for controlling the mind is the habit of keeping it busy with a definite purpose backed by a definite plan. And of course, there's the entire chapter on the mastermind principle. Oh, man. I I tell you what, this book, again, that's not even 5% of the insights that's in Think and Grow Grow Rich. That book alone, if that was the only book you have, you could could not exhaust the mastery of those and, and still not see exponential growth. I don't know if that was a double negative or not, but you get the idea. All right, so in the audio journal, I told you I was reading The uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Matter of fact, part one of the audio, or actually of this book, there's part one and part two. Part one of this book, I remembered this book having such a profound impact in my life, and I knew I wanted to teach one of the principles in this book, which was our thoughts and emotions basically lead to the actions that we take in life. And the actions we take in life, uh, the things that we do or avoid doing, that actually gets us the results that we have in life. So our life is created by our actions, and our actions are determined by how we think and feel. And how we think and feel is determined by how we've been conditioned or programmed. And we have the ability to reprogram ourselves. So that's all a part one, and it, it, there's more to it than that. My 
overall summary of part one of Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker, head over to mindsetanswerman.com slash free. Watch the one-hour opening keynote address of the Free the Dream Conference, and you can actually see me teach part one of that book. <laughs> it's awesome, I, I might add. All right, so here is some other insights from Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. He said that it's not enough to be in the right place at the right time. You have to be the right person in the right place at the right time. So who are you? How do you think? What are your beliefs? What are your habits and traits? How do you really feel about yourself? How confident are you in yourself? How well do you relate to others? How much do you trust others? Do you really truly feel that you deserve wealth? So much in there about all of those questions. Uh, Here's another insight. Most people choose to play small. Why? First, because of fear. They're scared to death of failure, and they're even more frightened of success. Second, people play small because they feel small. They feel unworthy. They don't feel they're good enough or important enough to make a real difference in people's lives. But hear this, your life is not all your life is not all about you. It's also about contributing to others. And then he says he says it's about living true to your mission and reason for being here on this earth at this time. It's about adding your piece to the puzzle to the world. Most people are so stuck in their own ego that everything revolves around me, me, and more me. (laughs) But if you want to be rich in the truest sense of the word, it can only be, it can't only be about you. It has to include adding value to other people's lives. And there go, he goes on more about that. It's really awesome. All right, another one. Uh, another key principle pertinent here is that rich people focus on what they want while f- poor people focus on what they don't want. Again, the universal law states what you focus on expands. And this is, man, it took me a while to really grasp what this was saying. But a lot of people are like, I don't want to lose all of my money. I don't want to, whatever I do, I want to make sure that I don't, Uh, lose my job. I want to make sure I don't go into debt. I want to make sure I don't do this. And you know what? Uh, You focus on those things and those things that you're focused on, uh, worry, fear, doubt, they tend to show up in your life, all right? Or you tend to barely avoid those things. Instead, focus on what you want. And this is like, listen, I, I want to I want to be debt-free and to have this amount of money in my savings account as an emergency fund. I want to have this amount of extra income to be able to contribute to this thing to my family. I want to be able to contribute to my community in this way. I want to contribute to the world at large. I want this. I want that. I want that. I love this. Rich people focus on what they want. Poor people focus on what they don't want. (laughs) All right. Another principle here, it says successful people look at other successful people as a means to motivate themselves. They see other successful people as models to learn from. They say to themselves, if they can do it, I can do it. As I mentioned earlier, modeling is one of the primary ways people learn. Rich people are grateful that others have succeeded before them so that they can now have the blueprint to follow that will make it easier for them to attain their own success. 
Why reinvent the wheel, they ask. There are proven methods for success that work virtually for everyone who applies them. And of course, this is all in that section of the book. He was talking about the fact that poor people uh, basically judge and and are bitter towards successful people. They're like, you're only that way because of this, and and they basically have lots of judgments. Like they're intimidated by other people's success. They're you shouldn't flaunt that. You shouldn't talk about that. And and I've had a number of of. People who've reached out to me with feedback or publicly stated some anonymous feedback or some not so anonymous feedback of people who who have uh, not been so happy with the fact that I talk about some of the successes I've had in life. All right. Next one. Don't be fooled by appearances. Your outer world is merely a reflection of your inner world. If you want to make a permanent change, stop focusing on the size of your problems and start focusing on the size of you. Ah, man, the inside of the book, there is so much to that. There are four different podcast episodes I could put on that statement alone. All right, final one from this book that I'm going to share with you. Here's something else only rich people know. The goal of creating wealth is not primarily to have a lot of money. The goal of creating wealth is to help you grow yourself into being the best version you can possibly be. In fact, the goal of all goals is to grow yourself as a person. All right, that again, that was probably maybe only maybe five to 10% of all the amazing insights from Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harvecker. What about The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks? Oh my gosh, so much in this book. Uh, in the zone of genius, your ego is unnecessary, he says. Living there is its own reward. In the zone of genius, you cease to care about or you cease to care about recognition or ostracism. Once you make a commitment to inhabiting your full potential, your ego suddenly, easily for me to say, is faced with extinction. I'm going to try to slow down here so I don't make as many mistakes reading these things. Faced with annihilation, your ego will set off a smoke bomb of fear. It will attempt to sabotage you by telling you tall tales of the terrors you'll experience if you take the big leap into your zone of genius. Dr. Fritz Perls, the psychiatrist and founder of Gestalt Therapy, said that fear is excitement without the breath. He suggests, Gate Hendricks suggests, feel the fear instead of pretending it's not there. Celebrate it with a big breath. Just the way you would celebrate your birthday by taking a big breath and blowing out all of the candles on your cake. Do that and your fear will turn into excitement. <sighs> I love it. All right, here's another one. Each of us has an inner thermostat setting that determines how much love, success, and creativity we allow to flow that we allow ourselves to enjoy. When we exceed our inner thermostat setting, we will often do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. Next one is, most people think that they will finally feel good when they have more money, better relationships, and more creativity. (laughs) He says we have it all the wrong way around here. All of us can find and nurture the capacity for positive feelings right now rather than waiting for some some longed-for event in the future. All right. Many of us believe we are flawed, not destined for greatness, or simply not good enough to deserve the dreams we want to achieve. 
He continues that millions of people are stuck on the verge of reaching their goals and can't seem to scale the wall and are struggling under a glass ceiling that that is completely within their control waiting to be removed. There is so much in this book about those problems. In fact, he talks about four hidden barriers in great depth. Hidden barrier number one is feeling fundamentally flawed. Barrier number two, disloyalty and abandonment. Barrier number three, believing that more success will be bring more burden in your life. And barrier number four, the crime of outshining others, or this thing called t- tall poppy syndrome. All right, and gosh, so much in this book. There's one where he says, uh, when when people step out of their victim position and take 100% responsibility for their marriages and their businesses, everything in their life flourishes. Uh, So much about victimhood in just a few sentences in this book was a profound insight for me. Most people have a carefully crafted, well-justified story about why they can't take their big leap. Boy, isn't that the truth. And then how do you get find your zone of genius? In the book, he talks about this by asking three questions. What do I most love to do? Meaning that I love to do it so much that I could do it for long stretches of time without getting tired or bored. Question number two, what work do I do that doesn't seem like work at all? I mean, I could do it all, all day long without ever feeling tired or bored. Uh, question number three, in my work, what do I do that produces the highest ratio of abundance and satisfaction to the time amount of time spent doing it? Even if I only do 10 seconds or a few minutes of it, an idea or a deeper connection may spring forth that leads to huge value. These are just a few of the insights inside of The Big Leap, and it's had such a profound impact in my life, and I've seen it have profound impact in the lives of hundreds of other people that I've recommended this book to and clients that I've worked with. The Prosperous Coach. Oh, my goodness. This is by Steve Chandler and Rich Lidfin. I'm just going to read to you from a journal entry in my day one journal from April 30th of 2020. Here's what I wrote, and I'm not going to edit any of this. I am a massive fan of the Prosperous Coach Method for creating clients. I believe... I began to master, I have began to master this strategy for creating new paid clients. Since July 10th of 2019, I've given a total of 87, 87, 90-minute complimentary coaching experience. So I I do 90-minute coaching calls with people, and I've done 87 of those calls. The average potential new client receives a total of two of these 90-minute complimentary sessions. Not everyone gets two complimentary calls. Not everyone is limited to two complimentary calls. However, let's just assume that that these 87 coaching experiences were given to approximately 40 individual potential new clients. Out of the 40 potential new clients, I've proposed to 33 of them. Why not the other seven? The answer typically follows, falls into the one of the two following categories. Category one, I had discerned that either they were not a good fit for the type of coaching that I do, or I discerned that they would not be a good fit for what it is that they are looking to accomplish. I just don't feel like our personalities 
were a good fit one way or the other. So it's either they're not a good fit for the kind of coaching that I do. I'm not, my coaching isn't a good fit for what they want to accomplish or so, or I basically just, we just didn't gel. It it wasn't a, I didn't feel like, man, I, I think, we would have a lot of fun working together. Uh, that yeah. So that's it. That's it. All right. Note: most of those who did I didn't propose to were among the first fifteen to twenty people that I invited into my coaching experiences. Today, I do a lot more connecting and discerning uh, before extending an invitation to a coaching experience, hoping helping me to drastically reduce the number of people that I wouldn't propose to. Of the 33 people that I've proposed to, 14 of them said no, 19 of them said hell yes. So out of the 87 90-minute complimentary coaching experiences, I've netted a total of 19 new clients in my Next Level Mastermind and or my one-on-one coaching packages. I encourage you to check out my math on this. However, I believe that the following is true. I've invested a total of 130 and one half hours. So 130.5 hours, get this, 130.5 hours into complimentary free coaching to approximately 40 potential new clients over the past nine months. It may seem odd to invest 130.5 hours uh, to land a total of only 19 new clients. And I actually added the words only there uh, just to stress for you. I, I never would see only 19 clients because these are 19 new clients that are incredibly freaking awesome. Let me tell you. Uh, however, it may seem less odd to know that these 19 new clients equates to a total of $208,400 in revenue. If, if you didn't hear all of that correctly, I invested a total of 130.5 hours into 40 different people since July of 2019. It is now, I, I, it's it's May 4th and the numbers are still the same as when I wrote this article because I just, or journal entry because I just wrote it the other day. Um, so 135, 130.5 hours invested in 40 different humans and I have 19 clients in nine months. And in nine months, I've already generated $208,400 in revenue. All right, I'm very happy with my financial return on investment. However, beyond that, I've received far more than $208,400 in income as a result of all of this investment. You see, while I'm super excited about the potent, the opportunity to have a significant ongoing relationship with these 19 people who said yes, I'm almost certain that between 95 to 100% of the other 14 people that I proposed to will be either a paid future client or will be responsible for referring a large number of potential future paid clients within the next three to 18 months. So yeah, I'm in love with the Prosperous Coach Method. The Prosperous Coach by Steve Chandler and Rich Litvin. That book I have read at least five, six, seven times now. I will read it over and over again. Uh, So much gold in that book. All right, the next book Psycho-Cybernetics, updated and expanded version. Maxwell, Dr. Maxwell Maltz is the author of this book. Let me just tell you, um, he, the, the 
premise of the book starts off with the self-image is the key to human personality and behavior. If you change the self-image and you change, you will actually change a person's personality and behavior forever. Now, a little side note here, in the Free the Dream community, I have a Facebook group for those who have attended the Free the Dream conference, and somebody posted the other day, he says, hey, I, I'm, I have a strong desire to come up with an idea of how I can generate $1,000 to take this online course that I'd like to be a part of. I want to learn this new skill. And does anybody have any ideas of something that I could do or various ideas that would help me generate $1,000? And so I immediately shared the first thing that came to my mind. I said, why don't you find 10 people to pay you $100 and over the course of the next six weeks, you will actually get on Zoom calls or uh, in a discussion forum format, you will simply share with them your insights that you have attained from taking this $1,000 course. Now, I clarified, I said, please understand, I am not suggesting that you share with these people the access that you have. Do not give them your link and password to sign in. Uh, You can encourage them all to go and pay for the $1,000 course and to do this as a group study with you. But more than anything, you could just actually take, you could take each lesson and then just say, hey, here's a brain dump of what I'm doing, basic uh, or what I've learned. In fact, I've done a little bit of that here in this book. In fact, go if you want an example of this, go and check out uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harvecker. Read all of part one of that book. It's multiple chapters. And then go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free and watch the opening keynote address of Free the Dream Conference. Did I steal all of T. Harv uh, Ecker's uh, material is would he sue me for that opening keynote address? Absolutely not. Go look and see how I made that all of that information my own. I I I got up there on the stage, told my story, told my experiences, shared the simple insights that I got from T. Harv Ecker, gave him credit, told people to go buy the book. By the way, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have purchased the book as a result of that keynote, and now. That, that's what I'm saying. So basically, I'm saying do what I did in the opening keynote address for Free the Dream Conference, which this person has attended, and, and go do that for 10 people who will pay you 100 bucks a piece. And there was some other ongoing conversation. And then eventually it got down to this. And he finally responded. He says, I guess it's just a limiting belief. I really don't see myself as having success at anything. Actually, Let me read it word for word rather than paraphrasing. He responded, I guess this is a limiting belief. I don't really see myself as a success at anything. So I'm not sure how I'd attract customers or clients to learn anything from me. And to that, I responded, I recommend that you save $1,000 and instead uh, invest $15 in getting the book Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz because he doesn't have a marketable skill issue. He has a self-image issue. And, and Psycho-Cybernetics will help him get to the root of that. See, Tony Robbins says this. He says, listen, success in any area of life is 20% knowing how to do anything. 80% is mindset. of success in in your life is mindset. All right, 
Here are some other insights that came from psychocybernetics. Just a couple random ones here. All of your actions, feelings, behaviors, even your abilities are always consistent with your self-image. The self-image can be changed. Numerous case histories have shown that one is never too young or too old to change their self-image and therefore therefore, or thereby start to live a new life. Here's another one. Insofar as function is concerned, the brain and the nervous system constitute a marvelous and complex goal-striving mechanism, a sort of built-in automatic guidance system that works for you as a success mechanism or against you as a failure mechanism, depending on how you, the operator, operate it and the goals you set for it. Here's another one, both experimental, is that right? Experimental, yep, and clinical psychology have proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that the human nervous system cannot tell the difference between an actual experience and an experience imagined vividly and in detail. And you wanna know something? Some people have experienced something in the past, something random, they associated a, 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 set, a, a set of meanings to it, all right? Now, what's, let's just say somebody just did something in the moment. They really weren't thinking about what they did or what they said. And then all of a sudden, um, that per, the, the, the person on the receiving end of, of this negative things that was said, they associated so many meanings to it. They, re, they built an incredible story in their mind about why that was said, what it means about who they are, and then all of a sudden, they, they live that story out vividly in their mind. They imagine it, even though that person never meant any of those things by what they said. And they actually have lived an entire lifetime with an entire system of actions, one right after another, based upon a story and an experience uh, uh, that actually isn't even true. It never even happened. But but man, if they go, you, you ask them 20 years later, they will tell you an entire story of what happened back then. But you know what? You go back and rewind the picture. It never was that way. That person may have just had a bad day, got off of, of a phone call and said something out of the heat of the moment and not even thought about it. It's like, I've, I've seen this played out a number of times. Like, I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. Oh, I didn't mean it. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Uh, but the thing is, is knowing that it's possible, there is actually something in here that, that's all about being able to create vivid imagination of things that you want uh, I, go read this book. I'm not going to go into more detail. It, there's so much about it. I could I could do 15 podcast episodes on on this topic. Anyway, here I'm going to share with you two more things. Rightly speaking, no man should attempt to be a success, but every man can and should attempt to be successful. Trying to be a success in terms of acquiring prestige, symbols, and wearing certain badges leads to neuroticism and frustration and unhappiness. Striving to be successful brings about not only material success, but satisfaction, fulfillment, and happiness. Just think about that. Are you striving to be a success or are you striving every day to understand that you are successful. All right, final one from Psycho-Cybernetics. The creative mechanism within you is impersonal. 
It will work automatically and impersonally to achieve goals of success and happiness or unhappiness and failure, depending on how or depending on the goals that you set for yourself and set for it. Present it with success goals and it functions as a success mechanism. Present it with negative goals and it operates just as impersonally and just as faithfully as a failure mechanism. So much more in that book. Now, the next book, I don't know if it's Essentialism or The One Thing, but The One Thing is by Gary Keller and Jay Papazon. Essentialism is by Greg McCowan. I'm already over an hour. I'm not going to give you any insights, but the one that I remember is like, listen, what's the one, I think it's the one thing. What is the one thing I can do right now that if I focus on this, it will make everything else infinitely less painful or less necessary or completely unnecessary at all? I remember that one, but but focusing on less and and only focusing on what's essential. Both of those books are great. I need to go through, I want to read both of them again and see if I want to add both of them to this list, bringing it to 12 or choosing one over the other. Uh, The Strangest Secret, so much there. I love the definition of success that I learned from Earl Nightingale, Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. I've never made it all the way through that book. I've only made it through the first three commandments of wealth, but man, those three I've read four or five times. The the introduction and wealth principle number one, or, or commandment number one, are absolutely mind-bending and how they've transformed my life. How to Win Front, Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, amazing. Younger Next Year by Chris Crowley and Henry S. Lodge, so much in there that's helped me in the area of my own fitness and health journey. Guys, these are the top books that if I never read another new book for the rest of my life, but I instead committed myself to going through these resources over and over again every year, uh, or n- maybe not every year. It's not, I'm not committing to read all of these books once every year, even. But man, if I if I if I made sure to put these books in or these re- resources because there's three of them are audio programs in a rotation where every three to five years I go through these things at least once, my life will never be at lack for exponential growth. Because I don't need complicated or even new ideas to drastically transform my life in a powerful way. All I need are simple ideas, simple insights, simple strategies that I can remember and apply consistently to my life. And I would fail to achieve the life for which I was created if I were to consistently be pressing on towards reading tons and tons and tons of new books about new topics, about new insights, and fail to come back and remind myself of just how essential some of these strategies and techniques are. There's a lifetime of insight in those materials that I've shared in this episode. And with that, I'm gonna transition out of that topic, and I wanna just quickly touch on what I opened the podcast episode with. You may or may not notice uh, that in April 2020, there was one episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft show. That was intentional. Uh, You'd have to go back many episodes, probably about 10, 15 episodes, and listen to all 10 of them. Listen to anything and everything that's been produced in this podcast feed since September 2009, 2019. If you listen to everything, 
from September 2019 all the way through today in this podcast feed, there's a journey, there's a story that's been happening, that's been unfolding here in this episode. So much value has already been created here and shared with you. Uh, And one of the things I talked about is I have come to the realization is that I am only, only ever going to create content when I feel absolutely inspired. I'm never going to create content just for the sake of consistency, just for the sake of showing up, just for all of the stuff to, you know, make sure that I'm top of mind, that you don't forget that I exist. None of that. If, If I feel inspired, and I was inspired to share this episode. I was inspired to share the episode before this. I was inspired to share many and most all of the episodes prior, uh, all the way from September. But what I will tell you is that I have actually taken, create a new episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. It's not even on my calendar or on my task list as a recurring idea item, not even once a month. I'm not committed. Matter of this, who knows? I could live to the eight, to age 90. This could potentially be the final episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. I doubt it very seriously. Uh, there, Who knows? I could come here and you may have an episode every single week through the month of May. This may be the only episode you get in the month of May. I don't know if there will be an episode in June of 2020. I don't know. But here's what I want to tell you. If I feel inspired to share some content with you, I'm going to come here into this show and share content that's very much thought out exactly what it is that I wanted to come to share with you. I'm going to bring something of high value that's been pre-thought out. That's what this podcast is here. Now, I do want to let you know, I actually do have one podcast where I'm showing up consistently, at least for now. And I do have a commitment. I produce at least one episode per week, sometimes more than that. Very seldom, but sometimes I do. And it's a little bit of everything. It has a ton of content that is extremely, amazingly valuable. It's a lot of insight uh, into what's going on personally and professionally in my life. It's basically, if you could imagine me sharing my journal of what I'm writing each day as the, the things that I'm experiencing. What are the highlights from my written journal that's the audio journal. I, I just go out for a walk or sometimes I sit here behind this microphone and I hit the record button and I start talking about what's going on behind the scenes. Sometimes it's very personal, like here's what I'm watching, uh, binge watching during COVID uh, self-isolation. Here's the TV shows on Netflix and all of the other places, the things that I'm doing. Uh, but most of the time, it's all about my per- personal and professional growth and development and things that are going on in my business. And it's the most valuable content I ever produce anywhere. And if you're interested in ongoing weekly update, check out mindsetanswerman.com slash audio journal. It's via Patreon. It's a $10 a month uh, podcast. And that's one matter of fact, it's the only reason that I'm doing that show every single week, at least once a week, is because I made a commitment financially that, hey, if you guys pay for this, I'll come here at least once a week and I will record what's going on in my heart, my mind, my soul. That's that's what you get for 10 bucks a month. And you know what? It, it's not a stream of income that I rely on. It It's the, the amount of income that comes from it is less than currently $400 a month. So I don't do it for the money. But I do it because there's a small community of people that they have been getting life transformational value out of the audio journal. 
And I will continue to do it as long as I feel inspired to do that. But the cool thing about the audio journal is I don't have to do what I did here today. Prior to coming here, I spent about an hour to, actually I probably spent more than that, maybe two hours outlining and going and researching the books that I would include and and getting some insights and taking notes. And I didn't even share with you everything that I outlined for this episode. But this podcast, I want to come and bring a quote unquote, the A game, the prepared ahead of time game. That's the Cliff Ravenscraft show. The audio journal, it, it I think is just as much value, but man, I just can hit the record button and say whatever comes to my mind. And if you're interested in that, there's lots of free episodes you can go check out. Tons of free episodes over at mindsetanswerman.com slash audio journal. Just scroll through the list. You'll see the, the ones you can listen to for free and you can sample of whether or not that might be something you're interested in. But yeah, so I don't know when I will talk to you again, but what I will tell you is I am living the life that I have decided to live. Life, I have never experienced more peace, love, joy, satisfaction, happiness. I am absolutely at peace and enjoying life to the fullest. My life has never been better. It gets better every single day. I'm committed to working with no more than 24 members in my next level mastermind. I'm committed to working with no more than three to five one-on-one coaching clients. I am serving them at the deepest level you can possibly imagine. I'm currently only working three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, as far as scheduled calls anyway. I have four-day weekends and have had four-day weekends ever since January of this year, and that is I have every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday with nothing on my calendar as far as a scheduled commitment, Uh, with the exception of once a month I do accounting with my wife. But we could move that to Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday if we ever needed to. Uh, and so, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm living a life by design. Uh, I, I may not be showing up here if you've been following me in social media. I don't even show up in social media very much these days. I do show up a little bit. But uh, what I can tell you is that those who are my clients or working through my Prosperous Coach client method, uh, poten- potential clients, uh, they, they, that's where, that's where my time, effort, and energy is. It's in those people. And then outside of that, I am absolutely committed to my physical fitness, my own personal health, my mental health. I'm committed to recreation. I'm committed to margin in my life. I'm committed to my relationship with my wife and my kids. I'm committed to sleep and I'm committed to a life of joy and, and to personal growth and personal development. And, uh, And because I have all of that, occasionally I will overflow with so much that I want to share with you that eventually I'll be back here soon with some more outlined and and pre-thought out, yeah, this is exactly what I want to share, exactly how I want to share it. I'm going to outline it. That will be the next episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft show at some point in the future. Until then, if you want to hear from me um, outside of that, head over to mindsetanswerman.com slash audio journal. Until next time. I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Mindset Answer Man.